If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, except when there's Georgia football, which is coming soon. This is my last week before football season starts. I will be back for the bye week, which is October 22nd. And in the meanwhile, I will produce some stuff, maybe podcasts, videos with my uh, tireless producer, Binkley, who's also here to read me some tweets. So if you... I want to tee a couple of those up. First, I want to um, read a Cass Sunstein quote, which, Binkley, I think you're going to love. I'm going to love it. (laughs) Because Cass Sunstein was Obama's first information czar, and that started in 2009. But in 2008, he wrote a, a, a study for Harvard on what to do about conspiracy theories, and he was directing them specifically at 9-11. And I, I read this thing. It's 30 pages long, and it is really a roadmap for a conspiracy to suppress conspiracy theories. Right. It's really, it's like one of the smoking guns. And I've always said this, like, like oh, you're, you think there's a shadow government conspiracy? What's the proof? I'm like, actually, they write whole books about it because er- they need a roadmap. Yeah. So they, so you can find it. Uh, and here's the thing. One of the things in this, this essay that he wrote was that the basic assumption is that government means well and only does stuff if it's for the good of society. So that's the basic assumption, which is why they can take roadmaps like this and not feel like they're undermining free speech or free thought or political action because the underlying concept, the underlying assumption is government's only doing it for your own good. Extreme rationalization. That's what, yes. And they provide that for their intelligentsia, the, the rank and file. And, one of the things I noticed in this article, in this essay he wrote, was that misinformation should be met with counter-misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that like actual information is not an option, which he says, like actual information is not an option. It's really bizarre, but just to lay out, so if you think that I'm crazy to assume that there's uh, stuff going on beso- behind the scenes on purpose f- with the goal of manipulating public opinion... Uh, just listen to this a few sentences I have to read that I'm going to go to some calls 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB-TALK he says what can government do about conspiracy theories and what should it do and the three things he highlights should be done are government might itself engage in counter speech marshalling arguments to discredit conspiracy theories government might formally hire 
credible private parties to engage in counter speech and government might engage in informal communication with such parties, encouraging them to help. And throughout this document, he gives examples like enlisting popular mechanics to debunk 9-11 uh, conspiracy theories. Uh, he gives other examples of infiltrating groups with government agents who are undercover. So it's really examples of white, black, and gray uh propaganda i guess or psyops that's it so it's it's called white if you identify yourself like hi i'm, a, I'm from the government and i want to explain the facts to you it's gray if like you don't identify yourself and it's black if you are identifying yourself as something other it's like the opposite of what you are hey i'm a radical islamist and i uh i'm here to lead you so these are the things they actually that he recommends he said that each instrument is uh will have a place under imaginable conditions but our main policy idea is that government should engage in cognitive infiltrate infiltration of the groups that produce conspiracy theories so they're they are secretly going around into groups that offer alternative narratives and trying to undermine them scramble so, the mind yeah and and but the thing is, it's it's covert. So when people say, well, you, what do you mean there's a conspiracy? How could they keep it a secret? They don't actually keep it a secret. You just don't believe it. You know, Nobody advertises this. But is that not? Do you not agree that that is just proof of a conspiracy? Uh, I think so. But, what? you know, I think I, I've, I've been in this stuff for like a long time thinking everything is a conspiracy. So I'm totally into that. But it's just like if people don't see it sometimes and it's not tangible. Well, them. I'll tell you this, though. I actually think there's a little bit of a problem in that you can investigate. I, I almost think sometimes their official narratives of events are intentionally sloppy or they intentionally put weird little details in there so that anybody who wants to see that it's messed up will just get sucked into that rabbit hole. I call it truthing. That you can like spend right. your life yeah. in your basement truthing and never do anything but just be like, hey, that crisis actor didn't cry, you know? Yeah, it's or, crazy. <laughs> yes, and I and I so I think that's part of this. But what my whole point was that these guys, super smart guys, sit around and think of ways to change our opinion. And didn't you send me a book, a link to a book written by Cass Sunstein that had something to do with this? Yeah, he he helped write a book called Nudge, which is basically I'm going to remove all the options except for the options that I want you to choose from, and then I'm going to nudge you towards the direction I want you to choose. That actually is reminiscent of the strategy that I read from like Cecil Rhodes, the, the roundtable guys, the like original conspiracy of all conspiracies, like over 100 years ago, where the idea was that you didn't have to control the government. You just had to control the State Department because they're the ones who put all the information in front of the president. And this really flourished under FDR because he couldn't walk. So he was just stuck in the Oval Office. He didn't have a computer on his desk. People brought him information. And if there was no alternative viewpoint, he just thought he knew everything. and was making a decision. But they knew that that, that in itself was guiding the decision. So I feel like uh, this is not paranoid, <laughs> like Hillary would say. But uh, we're thinking about, but not, not falling way down into that rabbit hole so that you can never, ever get out. Anyway, let's uh, go to some calls. I am going to Doug. Doug, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Doug? Hey, doing fantastic. 
So your last point, I think, is, is spot on around misinformation. And uh, it's actually one of the reasons I was going to, you know, give you a quick call. So, you know, it, it seems as though there's an opportunity out there where every time, um, you know, Donald Trump says something, I'd agree he's definitely not the, uh, the best help to the campaign he's trying to run because of some of the perceived inflammatory things he says. But I think that's the provocateur, that's the uh, media guy in him. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, the good friend. The good friend tells you things you need to hear, not necessarily things you want to hear. And I think some of his message to the uh, voters out there is, look, you guys got to wake up and quit being spoon-fed, um, you know, that everything's going to be okay. Uh, you know, through an uh, earlier caller you had, you talk about the deficits that we run and the associated receivables that are coming in. That math just does not work out. I know. So I guess I'm a little fired up because I think that um, – I think that a large percentage of our populace gets spoon-fed. Um, you know, there's that, uh, that thing on Facebook. If, if it was on Facebook, it must be true. And I, think a lot of <laughs> I would like to think just, the opposite. <laughs> you know? right. If it gets through that <laughs> <Exactly>. screen, <laughs> exactly. it must yeah, be propaganda. Yeah, but I mean, you see this stuff, right? And I think everybody develops, you know, and, and I think modern media has allowed this to happen, where, you know, even on Facebook, right, most people that don't think like you. I have. I don't particularly do this, but I know friends that do. If they have a counter-opposite view from a friend, uh, Hillary, Trump doesn't matter, they seem to kind of whittle down that influencer group. And so what they end up with is a steady stream of pro-whatever message they want to hear. Yes, yeah, so self-fulfilling, about, like like, uh, it's yeah. like data mining. There are a lot. It's a, it, there are flaws in how you collect information when you only want, oh, yeah, that's for sure. But I that's wanted right. to point out something from earlier you said people tell you what you need to hear. Or that's what Trump's doing there. I don't think there is any big issue, any divisive issue, any event that gets a lot of people behind it on either side of the aisle that doesn't by necessity have to have some truth in it. Even a lot of truth, even just right. a, a little weakness will get get um, can set up a polarizing situation. But you have to have some truth. I think it's kind of brilliant the way they do it. And then I always feel like you have to hone your truth dar to see what's real, what's not real, how you're being manipulated. But I do think with the Facebook thing, I'm like, oh man, and I can see it when I post up. I can see stuff that fits the meme. If it says Zika, I get like 900 views immediately. But if it says uh, whatever. um, Yeah. And so actually the reason I called you and I'll, I'll, you know, get off here real quick. I just wanted to get your opinion on it. So this whole misinformation thing, a perfect example, saw it just a couple days ago, where, you know, Trump has now been crafted into not only a racist, but, uh, you know, he's anti-immigration. He's all these things. And I think, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, because of some of the comments he's been, you know, has made, and then the the media puts a spin on it, all of a sudden it it becomes, you know, he's anti-immigration. So there's a a really well-known venture capital group called uh, Charles River Ventures. And when I called in earlier and talked to the screener, this was my my comment. So they actually came out, and if you go to their, I won't mention their website, but if you go to their website and you go on the front page, they have the front page of a very well-known, you know, venture capital firm that uh, has done a lot of great work in the entrepreneurial community. The front page says F, and I won't say it starts with an F, ends with a K. Wow. Trump. Right. That's what it says. Really You're talking about a billion dollar, you know, more than a billion dollar fund. And so I thought it was funny because but then they go into why they're saying that. And they're basically their message is um, we are, you know, Trump is anti-immigration and these kind of things. And I think it's funny because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm in the startup community. And what I hear him saying is not I'm anti-immigration. What I hear him saying is I'm a pragmatist 
and there's a level of security that now he may go over the top with his message. I might do it with a bit more, uh, you know, uh, policy awareness. But I, you know, I think that the idea is, come on, guys. I mean, we do have to ensure a level of security. But it's funny that that message has been taken to anti-immigration. So anyway, I'll let you. All right. I'll leave I, you well, this is what I think that. And I noticed some other big financial institutions said the economy will crash if Trump gets elected. But I, I think that he I do think he taps into the more simplistic. I mean, simple messages get repeated. And if you already kind of know what he's talking about, you can read into it what you want to hear. He, he speaks vaguely enough so that Hillary can read stuff into it and it's disseminated on the left. But. People like you can say, hey, you know, he's just talking about immigration. He's a businessman. This is how I read what he's saying. But I think that he uh, cleverly makes his statements kind of ambiguous so you can read stuff into it. Obama did the same thing by not saying anything at all. You just he was just a, a clean slate in that way. Well, he didn't throw everything on the wall. He threw nothing on the wall. But either way, you could uh, see or hear what you wanted. I, I think it's quite clever. Let's get some more calls after the break. Or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. High today of 91. Tomorrow's high is 90. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I have a McDonald's weekend prize pack. And I have a question, a trivia question. The first person who gets the trivia question gets the prize pack. Uh, The prize pack is a pair of tickets to see Steven Tyler out on a limb on September 1st at the Cobb Energy Center, produced by Live Nation, and a four-pack of VIP tickets to the 33rd Annual Full Atlanta Home Show and Outdoor Living Expo, September 9th to 11th at the Cobb Galleria Center. So whoever calls first, 404-741-0750, and can answer the question, where was Aerosmith from originally? We'll get that prize pack. 404-741-0750. Where was Aerosmith from originally? So I think I have time for a quick call. Let's go to Tony in Atlanta. Hi, Tony. You're on with Monica. Uh, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? I- I'm just, you know, I wanted to say something about this this race thing with Donald Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton. You know, I think it's ridiculous for them to even be mentioning anything about race because the situation is, the, the problem with, with African American is, is right now our culture, the, the, the music that we listen to, uh, our, our role models, and nobody's mentioning that. I mean, you got T.I., this rapper, and other rappers running around talking about the black vote count, vote, you know, Democratic, the vote, vote. And if you listen to their music, it's promoting murder, robbery, drugs, you know, so it, it just doesn't make any sense. I'll tell you, Tony, so, you hit on something that I think is huge, which goes back to the 60s it was uh a white culture first i think or general uh no i think it was really white culture that rock and roll in the 60s the kind of acid rock thing there i'm reading currently have like five books on my nightstand about the is it cia infiltration or some kind of cultural infiltration that's intentionally meant to break children the next generation away from their parents values and i think not just the cultural yeah. stuff, but that is that is major, I think, yeah. in, in the community. Yeah, because it's ridiculous. Like I said, I'm an African-American. I grew up in a rough part of town, and I, I refuse to live like that. I have kids, and I want my kids to go to good schools and live in good neighborhoods, and, and I do that. And it's sad that when I when my kids communicate with other kids or relatives in the poor areas, 
black people, they'll say, well, you know, your kids speak like they're white or they're trying to be white. And I'm like, what is, what is that? They're speaking proper English. They're, they're educated. Why is it that my kids have to be nerds or not cool because they're trying to do right? I actually that's, think that's, that that... This is the culture thing. It's just, you know... Let me ask you this, bad. Tony. I I suspect that even if uh, I, I look at how Bill Cosby is treated by the media, and uh, I'm not saying he's innocent, but Michael Jackson, or at least by even the government, Michael Jackson, I, I read that the FBI actually suppressed information when uh, a family refused to be bought off. And I feel like when Bill Cosby started saying things like what you're saying, that he, you know, he had to go. Is there any chance of that? Yeah, I, like, it's, it's true. It's because, like I said, it, it doesn't make any sense that anybody that can that can speak about the black community and what's going on is people that, like I said, the, the the music, what they're saying, and how can you, how can these rappers even get together talking about we need to vote, we need to we make make a change. And we can't even listen to your music. What are you talking about? You know, it's just ridiculous. It's just like they're using this race thing to get what they want in politics, politicians. And then when they get in the when they get in the White House or whatever they're trying to be, it's, they say nothing else about it. It's just the same old thing as usual, and it's just a joke. It's, it's just it's a real joke. It is definitely a tool, but I have to say this one more thing about the music because people don't talk about that. I'm not necessarily talking about any one brand of music, just the power of music as cultural influence. There's an expression that people attribute to a Rothschild, uh, let me control the money and I care not who writes the laws. The actual expression, I don't think that really was a Rothschild thing, the actual expression is, let me write the songs and I care not who writes the laws. So... Think about that and uh, and call me up. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Look, just put your little hand back in the cash register and give me my $2.75 back, please, Brad. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. And that's why I changed your name to Binkley. Thank you, Brad Binkley, for... Ruining fast times at Ridgemont High for me. That was last week. I ruined it for you? (laughs) Because now I can't think of that. I can't even say your name without thinking, Brad. (laughs) So it's Binkley. That's why you now have to Maybe I'll start dressing like that character. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that was really, that was my generation. All those, who was that guy that did those movies, The Valley Girl and um, Breakfast Club, all that stuff. I couldn't really relate to it, but I was amused by it. So the prize pack this week, though, last week it went for the person who identified that as a Fast Times at Ridgemont High clip. But this week it was uh, Where is Aerosmith from? And it's Boston. And Jack in Walnut Grove got that, got the McDonald's weekend prize pack. Uh, This is the last show before uh, football season starts. I'll be back on the bye week, October 22nd. But uh, until then, you'll have to catch me. Off air, but online at Monica Perez Show and MonicaPerezShow.com before we go so that we're in the last half hour of my season. And I'll uh, take any, any, anything, any question you want to squeeze in before I kind of go off air. Feel free to call. We, we have been talking about uh, the election just because I feel like I'm not I'm going to miss all the fun. I'm only going to have one more show before the election. But call me about anything right now. 404 872 750 
1-800-WSB-TALK. And uh, one thing I, I might want to do that week, I keep getting requests. I do ask the Libertarian uh, fairly often, and people really, really like that. I always get fresh questions, and there are always new listeners, and it's a good opportunity. But I don't always agree. I'm not a, a party-line person. I don't belong to the Libertarian Party. I usually vote Libertarian, but uh, and I have a, a kind of a unusual background, unusual story, and people have asked me to do kind of talk about that so i will i'm gonna uh tee up either on my next show or even uh on my website a ask monica anything thing so if you you can email me you can go to my website monica show.com find my email there i'm going to compile all the questions get to as many as i can you can ask me stuff now and i will go ahead and um Answer as many as I can, but if you if you don't get through, go ahead and shoot me an email and I'll I'll get to them. But there was one story that I wanted to not let the season close, not uh, let the election happen without touching on. And I, I'm just going to give a broad outline. I know Binkley, you've done some research on this one for sure. Yes. This is the the Jeffrey Epstein scandal, and the reason I'm even bringing it up, I tweeted about it. Like, is anybody else annoyed that? Mainstream media doesn't address the Jeffrey Epstein scandal. And these are my followers, and I've written articles on it. And I got a tweet back that said, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, right? I mean, people don't really do not hear about this. They have no idea. Nobody talks about it. No idea. So here's just the, the story in a nutshell, and I have a lot of calls, so I'll just make it quick. And I encourage you to go to my website, uh, com, and just type in Epstein. Or just do any kind of research. I mean, it's very easy to find. This is the story in a nutshell. Jeffrey Epstein was is a, a super wealthy guy, billionaire. I think he owns the largest or most expensive private residence in New York City, which is really saying a lot. He uh, was an acquaintance, if not a friend, of Donald Trump's. And he was a proud member of the Council of Foreign Relations, of the Trilateral Commission, of the, uh, I think, on the board of Rockefeller University, that guy had some serious elitist credentials. Right. Right. And what he did was he had this uh, group of underage girls, teenage girls, who are a claim in their suit to be captive. And he was actually convicted of being a sex offender for this, which is he would pay the girls to sleep with his elite guests. They called his private jet the Lolita Express. Right. They called his private island, Orgy Island. People named in the suit were Prince Edward, Alan Dershowitz. Uh, Clinton had been on the plane on the island in his address book. Uh, I think Trump's connection to that stuff is, uh, I don't think he was part of that stuff, but I think he was uh, fr- certainly acknowledged being friends with them. He right. was for a while. He banned him from his club, and the lawyer said Trump had nothing to do with any of it. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't see anybody say, uh, really point the finger, but there were some interesting details about this story in that Ken Starr was Epstein's lawyer. He got an, an unprecedented deal, for, uh, from what I can tell, unprecedented, and the victims say illegal deal, where it, it, Epstein negotiated with with the government so that his co-perpetrators would not get 
co-conspirators. Yeah, we're not get prosecuted, which it's kind of weird. So you would think you would offer up as much as you could to get what you need. And why would you protect your friends? And why would they give that to you? And then he went to some minimum security prison. I don't even know if he had to sleep there. I mean, something crazy like that. He only slept there and he like paid for the prison. And then he got to leave during the day. Yeah. So this was for like a year and a half. But then I saw another twist. So, oh, but some of the, so, and he also would debrief the girls after they were with these high level guys. And this is a guy in the Council of Foreign Relations. I mean, you got to wonder what this was really about. He gets off almost scot-free. He has all these super high-end connections. Nobody's talking about it in the mainstream. Like, that's the real Clinton scandal, in my opinion. It certainly should be vetted. Nobody's talking about it. And then... Uh, his butler, who came up with a little black book that had all the names in it, which was really the smoking gun, he was he said he was afraid for his life, and he gave that book to... Uh, he didn't go to the FBI. I think he was worried that, I mean, something funny was going on. He went to the lawyers of the girls, and but for doing that, giving them the book, he was convicted of suppressing evidence, and he went to jail for longer than Epstein, and then when he got out, he died of some illness but murder is what he oh no i can't i don't know i don't know that's drawing that's drawing an implication no they said he was sick i mean you have to think can they create sicknesses i really don't know but i i feel like did i leave anything super critical out i i think um in epstein's letters to the district attorney he claimed to be one of the original creators of the clinton foundation Oh, yes, that's right. He did. And boy, that when, when you look at some of the people associated with Clinton who have gone to jail, he went to jail. There was another big fundraiser, Paul, who went to jail. The last name was Paul. Uh, Kushner was a big Clinton fundraiser. That's Ivanka's father-in-law. He went to jail. Um, Chelsea's father-in-law went to jail for political corruption. There Wasn't there another guy... Um, Prosperi, did he go to jail? He was, yeah, he went to jail. Um, he was a guy who visited Epstein in prison, and he was also a jailbird, a Clinton guy. Anyway, so there, there's so much crazy stuff going on, but I just feel like it never gets touched on. Like uh, a couple of weeks ago when I talked about the John Corzine thing, you have to do a little, you know, if you're interested in reading the stories, but you don't even know there have been any new developments because it's suppressed by the mainstream media, I think. Apparently, proof is in the pudding. <laughs> so, all right. So, I, I leave that to y'all. I have a couple of calls. I'm going to take those and uh, see where we go. Jason in Smyrna. Hi, Jason. How are you? Hey, doing well. How are you? Good. What's up? Um, I just had a question on the libertarian standpoint on the EpiPen, the super pricing. If the monopoly was created basically from government regulation, it looks like now there, there might be some government pressure to try to force the price down. So, I'm going to hang up and just kind of let you answer what what you think, how the pricing should be handled. Okay. I, uh, I, what the last, I am a, an anarcho-capitalist. So I have actually reached the point where I think the modern state is a complete corruption of what might be a legitimate government. And that basically, I don't, I think it's, we couldn't even create a legitimate government at this point. So, but I feel like capitalism gives rise to all the mechanics of trade and society that you don't, that society is self-ordering in Hayek's words. But 
So one of the last things I had to get my mind around was copyright and patents, because if you don't have a modern state, you don't have copyrights and patents, you can't protect these uh, inventions. And I had to conclude, Stefan Kinsella is a great libertarian thinker and a, and a patent attorney, intellectual property attorney, who's against all patents and copyrights. And I'm actually in that camp. I feel like if you invent something, you can keep it to yourself, keep it on your property, and people are not allowed to come steal that from you. But if you release it out into the world and there's an idea inherent in your formula and if somebody gleans that or comes up with the same formula simultaneously in parallel and wants to produce those products, uh, they should be able to do that. You can't send armed agents of mine, my government representatives, to go shut uh, EpiPen competitor down. So what you end up having is uh, if you if you have this super high-end product, don't publish a patent with the formula in it. Try to keep it to yourself, whatever. And I think that that kind of competition would and actually has been demonstrated to create more products at lower prices and a proliferation. It, it seems to me true that the first mover in any market is the one that gets to be mega rich anyway. You don't have to shut it all down and put all these barriers and incentives to competition. Competi- it's a dog-eat-dog world out there and stuff will get created. Competition will happen. Uh, I think a f- truly free market would take care of it. And if it actually costs that much and they're the only people who can figure out how to do it uh, for a while, then more power to them. But I, somebody shut down their competitor. So I don't know what it was that shut down their competitor Maybe maybe that was a, a bad government policy as well. So thank you for that call. I'm going to Jay. Incoming. Hi, Jay. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I think I heard you say earlier that you felt Trump was like a shill uh, pretending to run for the presidency. I, 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 I have smelled a rat on this, and I believe he's in on it. But even if he weren't, I feel like the unbelievable media coverage he got from CNN and even Fox was... Uh, was intended to get Hillary elected. I think that is his role, whether he knows it or not. And I think he knows it, but I don't. Well, not trying I'm to convince anyone. Why? Why would he do that though? Because he's a billionaire with a successful. TV I'm not career. sure. I'm not sure he's a billionaire. His. Uh, I. I would like to see his tax returns for that reason. His seems like his major occupation but, for the four, past fourteen seasons was that reality show. And I read a book from 2004 called Trump Nation, which called into question his wealth. And he started, but then dropped a lawsuit against that author. And to top it all off, he got awarded. A uh, the rights to turn a famous old D.C. post office into a hotel. This was a really competitive situation. I think Diane Feinstein's husband was the realtor, and he had actually stopped converting buildings and running them themselves. He really just was a branding company. But this thing is a, in my opinion, a guaranteed money maker that uh, really will, I believe, catapult his wealth. So I'm not saying that that was the quid pro quo, but if you're if you're going to throw out there like why would he do it, I can imagine that being a reason why. Who knows what's going to come out of this? Even just the data. That's collected on uh, tens of millions of people. I thought that about Cruz too. That the value in the in their Cambridge Analytics data and all that stuff is I, I don't know how to put a dollar price on it, but it could be that in itself. And and any publicity does have value. So that's my two cents on that. I uh, I have time for another call or two after the break, and you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News ninety five five at AM seven fifty WSB. 
20% chance of thunderstorms Monday and a high of 91 predicted as the work week begins, but that could change. So stay tuned for WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I have time for a call. I'm going to go to Jenny in Atlanta. Hi, Jenny. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I listen to you, and I really enjoy your program. I'm sorry you won't be here for the next few weeks much, but I did want to make a comment about the segment where you mentioned Donald Trump really being a shill or a pull-in for uh, Hillary. Uh, He seems to want to uh, start. He was Democratic. Now he's Republican. He wants to, uh, from the very beginning, I thought, what's he doing this for? He's doing it to make a Democratic Party so he, they can make the same ignorant mistakes over and over, and he can buy up some more America, put it in his pocket, and be on his way with the victor of all the spoils from the Democratic Party that prevailed that last eight years. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that angle, but I'm familiar with the theory that you crash a market so that you can scoop up all the assets. People said that that happened for the Great Depression that on Wall Street, they, uh, they went, that some of the bankers had advanced warning. And when people lost all their money by betting on the margin, couldn't sell their stock and pay their loans back. They bought it all up. I actually have a feeling that's what's happening in the oil market. You know how the oil prices have crashed? At first, yeah, at first I thought, this is crazy. Like, the oil market just absolutely, positively plummeted, and it went to so low, it just didn't even make sense that it could be just supply and demand. I mean, those kind of forces don't erupt out of nowhere. And I thought it was to hurt Putin, but then I saw Putin was rolling up all the oil companies in other countries. So I thought, oh, maybe he's just, maybe he wanted it to crash. Uh, but I never thought about that with Trump. I actually don't feel like he's in in the market to crash the country and scoop it up. I really don't even think he's that rich. I think he's going to get rich. But I do have these, these uh Hot sports opinions, as they call them. But I want to wrap up with some tweets. We've got a... Uh, I am going to go off air until my the bye week of football, which is October 22nd. I'm going to do stuff uh, off air on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. And Binkley's going to help me, and he's going to help me now. Bye. Why don't you... Any, any new tweets pop up that we can close the show with? We asked a question about some annoying things that libertarians do, and we have a couple <laughs> tweets of those. I did. At the risk of offending myself, I actually thought that uh, it would be kind of funny to lighten up with uh, annoying things that libertarians do. Right. I-, I know that nobody can watch the Super Bowl with me because I'll sit there and go, you know these commercials are mind control propaganda <laughs> the entire time. But that's your conspiranoid right, side. That's my alt side right yes, there. Yes, exactly. My racist alt side. Yes, your paranoid fringe. Here is a uh, oh, elaborate. This one is from Frog Shade Garden. He says, elaborate on finer points of property rights and how they relate to whatever you're talking about. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what I do. I think <laughs> everything comes down to property rights. May, other people might think it's human nature, maybe, but I think if you... Understand, all conflict comes down to the question of property rights. Should we talk about that, or you want to read another tweet? (laughs) (laughs) See? I'm ready. Here's another one from Ridgeway. You're not going to drink that fluoride water, are you? (laughs) That's how to crash a date. 
No, no, no totally. Date. That's how you crash a date. I always, as soon as the guy go on a date, I'm always like, I think our waiter's a shill. We need to get out of here. <laughs> well, where can you have privacy? Like, did you bring your phone? You should have left your phone home. Put it <laughs> yeah. in this lead pouch. <laughs> she's, and she leaves immediately. <laughs> Date's over. All right, one more. Um, one more. Why did the libertarian cross the road? Uh, why? None of your darn <laughs> business. Am I being detained? <laughs> That's perfect. I love that one. That is a great, great way I like that one too. to uh, end the season because I actually love those videos where people take videos of themselves getting stopped at like the border and yeah. just be like, I don't need to show you my papers. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, so I am a nerd. I don't, I don't think that's funny. I think it's all true. But we will be back October 22nd and there'll be lots of stuff offline at my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.